Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Raiders Insider Podcast on NBCSportsCalifornia.com. Introducing your host, Oakland Raiders Insider, Scott Baer. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 6 of the Raiders Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bear. As you know, next to me, my pal, Fallon Smith. Woo woo! How we doing? I'm okay. I actually have the hiccups right now, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> that was not for effect. We've just been waiting around for a long time for this to pass. And then, yeah. We've grown frustrated and are now moving on with it. So but sorry, your y'all. hiccups are a minor concern. Yeah. If you were a Raider and you had the hiccups, that would be like the best part of, the, like, <laughs> of your last three weeks. If I only had the hiccups. If you only had the hiccups and didn't add the three-game losing streak yeah. in with it. Yeah. Um, and after we talk about how the Raiders can get out of this three-game losing streak, you guys will hear an exclusive one-on-one feature interview with former NFL MVP, former Raiders quarterback Rich Gannon, who took them to a Super Bowl in the early 2000s, now an analyst for CBS, and he will be on the call for Sunday's game against the Chargers, 125 p.m. kickoff on CBS. So, Fallon, here is the situation. Okay. The Raiders are 2-3, and three, unexpected <sighs> externally and internally, and Jack Del Rio said it in no uncertain terms on Wednesday afternoon. He said, Guys, we need to win, like, 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 really, really bad. Like last week, we did. <laughs> and I think it's just compounded, knowing full well that the Raiders have the Kansas City Chiefs coming up uh, next Thursday. That uh, they have to get back on the winning track, Fallon. From what you've seen over the last three weeks, we know what their problems are. What needs to get fixed to beat a team like the Chargers? Good Lord, I'm going to get through this uh, with these hiccups. I promise, y'all. Um, well, one, not only did Jack say this is a must-win, all the players we spoke to this week said this was a must-win. Actually, all the players had said last week's game was a must-win. Mm-hmm. But as you and I both know, and everybody knows, if they lose this football game, they're going to be last in the AFC West. Yeah, There's no doubt that this is a must-win for this football team. Now, what needs to be fixed, shoot, everything needs to be fixed, Right. Uh, so where do we begin? Uh, let's start with the offense. Uh, the good news is Derek Carr is expected to be back. And everyone said, okay, well, EJ Manuel didn't do that bad, you know, when he was under center. And the offense was struggling when Derek Carr was under center the last few games, right, mm-hmm. uh, before he went down. But the fact of the matter is, if you look back on that tape, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but, you know, EJ missed a wide open Amari Cooper four to five times, okay? That's something that Derek Carr would have definitely found. Uh, and maybe the outcome of this game would have been different. I'm not saying that's the only reason why they lost, but you never know. This is a franchise quarterback, right? So you need him. So he'll be back under center. That's a good news. Um, they ran the football a lot better last week. They got to continue to do that. And on the defense side of the ball, that was, quite frankly, Khalil Mack's 
worst game of the year, right? Would you say? I think that's fair. Yeah. And uh, this week, you're going against uh, a thin or weak, in my opinion, uh, offensive line. And this is the week, just like it was against Denver, where, you know, it's a big week for Bruce Irvin, big week for Khalil Mack. You got to get after the quarterback. You you finally, for the secondary, you got to get a freaking interception. Um, and so if that happens, they have a good chance to win. Uh, but again, this is a, a, a good week to, to turn things around. I know that the... Uh, San Diego Chargers are coming off finally their first one of the season against a uh, 0-4 Giants team. However, this is a Chargers team that could easily be 4-1, could easily be, easily be um, 3-2. and two. So it's not like they're a terrible team. Their record does not reflect, uh, reflect their talent. Um, so the Raiders basically just have to go get back to playing their brand of football, and we haven't seen that in the last three weeks. Um, I think – a key ingredient of their brand of football is starting fast and establishing early leads, something they haven't done at all during this three-game losing streak to the tune of being outscored 31-3 to over those three games. They've fallen behind by double digits in each one of those games, and while they've shown fight maybe as the game wears on and you don't see this team giving up or saying, here we go again, I think left tackle Donald Penn brought up a pretty good point on Tuesday afternoon by saying we're uptight, we're on edge, we're not executing as we're capable because we're thinking too much. Mm -hmm. And all that is psychological. They're in their own heads a little bit. And Derek Carr called the Washington game an anomaly for how that game went. And he said they played better against Denver and they didn't have their starting quarterback against Baltimore. But generally speaking, when you have a losing streak like this that offers direct contrast to how they played the first two games and a stark contrast to how they expected to play over the course of five games, it can start wearing at you psychologically. Now, I did ask Rich Gannon about this. He had some interesting comments about it. But how do you get that out of your head now how do you move beyond that i think that's really a key element against the san diego chargers team that they should beat but how do you do that how do you move forward when it's uh it's eaten away at your brain well obviously it's easier said than done right but um a lot of the the biggest problem in my opinion was the fact that they were reading too many of the press clippings and they even admitted that right so entering the season we wrote so many Great things about this team. Oh, they're so talented. They're going to be better than they were last year. Blah, 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 blah. They started to believe that. And then obviously you saw what happened, right? Uh, They were overconfident. And now their confidence is shot. And we have spoken about this a lot, how confidence breeds success. And right now they don't have a lot of confidence because once they got hit in the mouth uh, in the nation's capital, they have not got up yet from that, right? Uh, so what does it take to get out of their own head? They just got to stop thinking too darn much. They got to do what they know that they are capable of doing. Um, we know that this defense isn't a great defense, but they can be okay. And obviously their secondary right now is having some issues, but it starts, I'm sorry, with Derek Carr and the offense. Derek Carr starts fast. This entire team is going to start fast. They have success on offense. The defense is going to be okay and hold up. So, that's where it starts. Um, and for someone like myself who, you know, I, I just remember I always think about this, you know, being an athlete and thinking too much, that's when, you know, I was a, I was a hooper. You think too much, you are, your shot's going to be so off, right? Uh, once you just start, stop thinking and just doing, 
just like I would say that's great advice for Amari Cooper. He was you know thinking it. too much, you know, when it came to catching the uh, the football. Uh, when you just, you know, catch the dang football, and then you could think about what you're going to do afterwards. You know, then everything just comes uh, as it should. So I just think the main thing is this Raiders football team needs to do what they know that they're capable of doing. And as I just said a million times, uh, stop thinking too freaking much. Yeah, and it seems like... Uh, the natives are getting very restless. I'm sure your timeline looks like mine where there's a lot of expletives and a lot of when are they going to fire this guy and that guy and the other guy. And I kind of wanted to get into that just from a big picture perspective. I mean, Jack Del Rio just signed a contract extension here. He has been sort of immune from that type of talk, generally speaking. But when it comes to Ken Norton Jr., he seems to be the guy that everybody wants to let go. Todd Downing had a little honeymoon the first couple games, yeah. and it seems like if they, I think that would just appease the masses. I'm not sure what firing a coordinator at this stage, or if they drop another couple games, if that's really going to turn something around. I think it's something that would make them that would make the crowd or the mob feel better for a little bit, but ultimately wouldn't fix something. I just feel like they want a head to roll, being yeah. accountable, yeah. you know, but what would it take to fire somebody in season? I mean, here's the thing. Um, it, it's not, okay, I would say part of it is on the coaches, right? Because I think everybody's to blame for the lack of success right now, right? Everybody is to blame. But when you put in a play call, whether it be for offense or defense, your job as a player is to execute that play, right. correct? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, are you going to blame uh, Ken Norton? For Sean Smith getting burned twice on plus 50-yard receptions? How is that Ken Norton's fault? You know? And and Reggie uh, Nelson is partly to blame. He was supposed to be over the top as well and offer that help. But that's not Ken Norton's fault. Okay? How is it um, Todd Downing's fault that Jared Cook fumbled the first freaking reception of the game and they ran it back for a touchdown? How is that Todd Downing's fault? That is not his fault. He wasn't there catching the damn football. You know what I mean? So part of it, I mean, half of it, maybe even more more than half of it, is on the players to execute. And we have been very critical, though. Um, I'm not trying to, like, you know, bail out this coaching staff because we both have been very critical of this coaching staff and about the predictability of the offense, et cetera. But this isn't just fall on the coaches. And I think that's what kind of frustrates me because people want to blame somebody because they want answers. But this is everybody's at fault here. Yeah, I, I think when a team is hitting the skids like this, coaches can help them get out of it, even though you're right. It is players that need to execute, and everybody's looking – to Jack Del Rio saying he is kind of the CEO, the the grand motivator. And I mean, I've called him Del Rio or CEO Del Rio and that, <laughs> and that he's good at getting teams to turn the page. And yeah. that hasn't happened to this stage. I also think that when it comes to an offense, give them something that they're comfortable with, something mm-hmm. that they like, even if it was a Musgravian concept from last year where they can just get something positive going, they can stop thinking and start doing, they have a bit of a case of the yips. And I think ultimately this team, especially on offense is healthy enough to really kind of get kick started. Um, and which kind of transfer transfers me to a next kind of bigger picture topic here is that as we're heading into week six, there is, there isn't a certainty Gary and Conley won't play. It, there's also 
he's out indefinitely dealing with a shin issue that's been an issue since June. They drafted this guy 24th overall. He has zero injury history at Ohio State. But they need him so bad, right? Like we were talking about Sean Smith getting beat on the outside. Those things can't happen. He's their most physically talented cornerback. Obviously, you can't rush him. Um, So I guess my first of a two-part question is, number one, do you think it would benefit the player and the fans to know exactly what's wrong with his shin so they stop saying, oh, he's a wuss because he's not playing? And two, even if he's not put on IR and he comes back eventually, do you think his development has been hindered to a point where he won't make the type of impact that was originally expected from him because of this injury? Okay, so let's. uh, uh, I'm going to answer your second question. Uh No. Okay, Uh because one – just because he suffered – well, first of all, we need to know what the injury is, I guess. So let's answer the first right. question. I guess I'm retracting. But, um, yeah, let's – okay, I'm going to answer the first question. The first question is, will it benefit fans to know if uh, – what player. exactly? Yeah, yeah, and the player. What exactly the injury is so people don't say, oh, he's a wuss. Okay, let's, listen to this. You already had mentioned that, you know, he hasn't had any injury history, right? Um, and he's one of the best corners on this team. He has said multiple times how frustrated he was that he couldn't get on the football field uh, for training camp um, and preseason, okay? This is not a guy who's using an excuse not to play. He wants to be out there. So if you're a true fan, a true Raiders fan, you just have to give him the benefit of the doubt. You have to give this Raiders team the benefit of the doubt that they're doing the best uh, that's in his interest and for this football team's interest because you're not going to put a guy out there and – further injure him where he can't come back from an injury like this right? right and then so to answer the second part of your question is this going to hinder you know what he was brought here to do in the first place no this is just year one think about what happened with mario edwards jr we're finally seeing why the raiders drafted mario edwards jr right he was injured for two basically what uh, half of his uh, rookie season and all of last year until the last couple mm-hmm. of games or whatever. And now we're finally seeing what player the Raiders brought him in here to be. And that is an interior pass rusher getting after the quarterback. And we're seeing the fruits of his labor now. So I'm not going to give up on Gary and Conley now. Um, I trust in the Raiders and, and their uh, scouting and that they believe that this guy is going to be a true impact player, unfortunately for them. And I know that they're feeling this way too. Sucks. It's not going to happen this year. <laughs> Yeah, and they were relying so much on rookies to make immediate impacts, not just with Conley, but with second-rounder Obi Melifonwu, who should be back at some point later this year. Eddie Vanderdose has been their only steady and healthy contributor on the defensive side. Markel Lee has an ankle issue. We'd not, we're not quite sure how long he's going to be. It looks pretty bad, though. It looked bad. Uh, I think, it, but I mean, even even if it's a sprain, right? Sprains can take a long time. Yeah. Um, so to have guys that the Raiders really needed to step up and play right away. And those guys are hurt. I think is ultimately hindering the the progress of this defense. You know, Sean Smith is uh, kind of the poster boy for these defensive struggles. And part of that is because they don't have any other options. It's not like they can insert Conley in there. And David Amerson, who mentioned uh, on Monday, I'm sorry, on on Tuesday that he had a shoulder issue in, in addition to him, having a second concussion of the year it just seems like the, the raiders are thin that they didn't have that they needed these rookies to provide production yeah. and or depth and they're not getting that and i think ultimately that's where this defense is running into some problems because mm-hmm. now they have some injuries as all nfl teams too and do and i think it's really hitting them on that side of the football yeah well all I have to say is uh, we knew that this was going to be the weakest part of uh, the team, mm-hmm. you know, the defensive side. 
Um, and now we're kind of seeing that. We were surprised the first two weeks. But now I think that um, they're being exposed because a few injuries here and there. You're like, ah, oh. you know, they can't sustain, right. you know, success, even with a couple injuries, wherever, you know, they are, uh, what position they are on the football field uh, defensively. So they have to figure it out. I mean, I feel like they got to pick some guys off up off the street uh, if there are any guys available i like how people are still asking about perry riley jr yeah. which is fine i mean that's a good valid point now you know Corey james is injured we don't know if he's going to be back this week you know mark Lee's injured uh they picked up uh mccray uh for this in the secondary um but hopefully you know Emerson's going to be back this uh this game i don't think that right now for this week it'll be a major concern that they're thin you know on a lot of positions on defense I think that defensively their strengths are obviously off the edge and interior um, in the um, on the interior, and that's where they're the deepest, I guess you would say, you know, right? Um, and hopefully this is a huge game for Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin, like I said before. So I think they can get by this week um, if the offense does what they are capable of doing with Carr back uh, and continue to run the football, but. Um, yeah, the defense, they have a lot of issues. It's a huge problem, and they really need to address these issues. And if it's going to be the Achilles heel the rest of the season, then, you know, um, I don't blame it really on Ken because they didn't address these issues entering the season period. Right. So They knew they were going to have depth issues, and you yeah. can't expect every rookie in the draft class to make that impact. So as we're wrapping this thing up here, we're entering a stretch of two division games within a five-day span, Sunday against the Chargers, and then the following Thursday against Kansas City. And you talk about them finding their swagger or confidence or a rhythm even. It has to happen right now Yep. because they can blink – and be past that Kansas City game and be sitting there at two and five. Mm. And then you're really thinking that maybe and two and five and possibly five games behind the AFC West leaders. There's uh, that's why their margin for error keeps decreasing. Yep. Everybody can make a run late in the year, but they're putting themselves in a position where this is the week where they have to figure it out. Yes, it was it was probably a must win in Denver. It was a must win in Baltimore, and they weren't able to do that now, though. There's no more <laughs> margin for error. It has to happen this week. They have to figure it out. Derek Carr has to get him going. Well, you know, and we spoke about this a little earlier about how Derek Carr is, you know, helps his team go, right? And they've got off to slow starts and they've been playing from behind. So it's going to start with Derek Carr on Sunday and getting this offense going and uh, and playing with the lead. Uh, I think when, if you look back at the first, you know, two games, that's what happened. They started fast. They played with the lead. They allowed Marshawn Lynch you know, to open things up, and then he was your closer, right? Because you played with that lead, and the defense just had to do an okay job to, to, you know, get it to get it done and get that W. Um, but, you know, we also talked about earlier, this is a must win. The players have said this. I mean, last week was a must win, Scott. Uh, there's no way that they win this game, and I know that you're – trying to be super positive, and you were yesterday um, on our Facebook Live. Um, if they don't win this game, I'm already I'm done and saying the playoffs are done. I'm done and saying the playoffs are done. There's no way that they can overcome this because not only are they going to be behind the eight ball and be last in the AFC West and be two and four, uh, their confidence is going to be shot even more. They're going to have to dig themselves out of a huge freaking hole, and unless they ring off a string, what, like win every single other game, maybe only lose one or two, 
which by the way, their schedule gets tougher. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I don't have confidence that they're going to get that done unless they beat this. The, oh my goodness. I was about to say San Diego, mm-hmm. the LA chargers on Sunday, because what is the, uh, um, scenario where they beat Kansas city on Thursday night football game? Well, I say, because it's, you know, in Oakland that they have a better chance because mm-hmm. if it was at Arrowhead, uh, now it'd have been like, uh, an L, right? And not to be negative, but I would have said that. But this is, they're facing a Kansas City Chiefs team that is the only undefeated team left in the NFL. They are the best team in the NFL right now. That's what they've proven to Mm -hmm. be, right? Uh, Through the first five games, they're freaking looking ridiculously strong on, you know, on, in every single phase of of the game. Um, So my whole point is they have to beat the Chargers, to even have a chance against the Chiefs, point blank, period. I will not panic if they lose to the Chiefs. I will panic, however, if they lose to the Chargers. There we go. That sets up the game about as well as we can set it up. Uh, Stay tuned for our exclusive interview with former Raiders quarterback Rich Gannon. Uh, It's a good one. He breaks down exactly what's going on with these Raiders right now uh, and why – uh, the Raiders in his era, the early 2000s, were able to continue to build and fix a dis- dysfunctional organization and eventually get to the Super Bowl. So stay tuned for that. Rich Gannon coming up next. We have former Raiders quarterback Rich Gannon with us. Rich is an analyst for the NFL on CBS. He will be on the call Sunday when the Chargers take on your Oakland Raiders. You can also catch him on Mondays throughout the season on NFL Monday Quarterback on CBS Sports Network. And Rich, let's hop right into this game. The Raiders are in the midst of a three-game losing streak. And while I never like to use the term must win in the first half in the first half of a season, especially in week six, but how important is it for the Raiders to get back on the winning track, especially with the Kansas City Chiefs coming in the following Thursday night? Yeah, there's a lot at stake at this one. Obviously, a chance to uh, right the ship, if you will. And it's a divisional game, and there's great significance, obviously. And when you look at where the Chiefs are, the top of the division, I mean, you know, these, these are, it has to be a sense of urgency, you would say, from the Raiders. And look, if they can get Derek back this week and kind of get this offense back on track, that would go a long way, I think, into certainly helping uh, them not only feel better about themselves, but hopefully play better football and, and, and get the, start getting the W's. This offense has really hit the skids, and that's pretty surprising here in the Bay Area, considering how much. Uh, weaponry that Derek Carr or whoever is under center has at his uh, disposal on this offensive line. What do you see as the problem there? You know, it's interesting. I'd say collectively as a group, they have not performed as well. I think you start up front, this offensive line last year allowed just 18 sacks all season. This year they've already given up 12, so they haven't played as well. Uh, I think Donald Penn hasn't performed as well. Um and I think the holdout hurt him a little bit. I think you look at Marshall Newhouse at the right tackle position. He's got to play better. He's struggled a little bit with some speed rushers off the edge. And then I think collectively the five of them, in terms of the run game, haven't been uh, as as coordinated and as cohesive as they need to be. So that there, you start there. You know, Crabtree's missed some time. Um, and then, of course, Amari Cooper has not played well. Um, you know, when I study him, I mean, it's kind of shocking to consider – 
he's a, he's a terrific player, and yet the numbers, last three games, just four receptions, 23 yards. Last week, just one catch for eight yards. They've got to get him going. He, he's not winning enough of the one-on-one battles, not creating enough separation. So there, therein lies the problem. And then Marshawn Lynch, you know, when I watch him, he doesn't, to me, doesn't seem like he's any different than he was a couple of years ago. He still has the short area quickness, still has the explosiveness, still runs with power, still can, you know, kick out of tackles, but they're just, it's just, they're not, the way they're utilizing him. I mean, it just, he, he needs 25 carries in a game. That's who he is. And he's not probably ever going to get that with the Raiders. That's, they're just not, you know, they just want to rely on the quarterback and the passing game more. And then the other thing is, I think you got a new coordinator, you know, a new play caller in Todd Dowling. So, um, there's been some change there. Of course, Derek's been out a couple of weeks and they're out last week and, and missed part of the Denver game. So um, I think there's plenty of excuses as to why it's not better. And then third down has been an absolute disaster for this team. I mean, you just think yeah. just third downs have been a killer. You know, you look at what Washington did to them, Denver did to them. Even last week was, it was a challenge. So they can't get third down straight now. It's hard to just keep those drives, keep those drives going and finish down the red zone. Uh, if if you were Amari Cooper's quarterback, uh, is there a way to kind of get his confidence back up? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, you know, some of the drops, you know, you got to continue to work at that. I mean, you look, I just saw a stat this morning that was was surprising. You know, you look at, uh, you know, Derek Carr and how good of a player he is, but um, they they've got more drops in the last going back to before the lot prior to this season. So sixty drops, uh, drop passes. No quarterback has more. Uh, has as many drop passes the past two seasons in 2015, 2016 than Derek Carr, 60 of them. And a lot of them, of course, come via uh, Amari Cooper. He's got to catch the ball better. The concentration has to be there. Uh, I think if you're the play caller, you've got to find a way to get one of your best players going early in games. I mean, it's not okay to have no touches in the first quarter or the first half of a the game. They've got to find a way to get them going. I think you do that by – helping him get off the line of scrimmage, some bunch sets, some stack releases, some motions, moving him around a little bit so that he's not always getting, you know, having to deal with the press man-to-man coverage. He, he, he's just not seeing the separation, some of the speed and quickness away from the line of scrimmage that we saw from him the first couple of years. Uh, when it comes to guys calling plays, it seems like uh, if anything goes wrong, uh, their seat gets hot in a hurry. And Todd Downing has taken a lot of flack considering – there was a lot of praise thrown his way after two consecutive victories, and I kind of liken it to if a um, if 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 there's a rookie baseball player that that comes in. I hate to go back and forth between sports, but they start really hot, and then there's a bunch of tape on him, and then the other team gets better, and then you have to readjust back. Uh, do you think that Todd Downing is in one of these cycles? And I guess maybe just as a broader question, how do you think that uh, he's doing? This is the first time he's called plays at at any level. Look, I think there's certainly a, a a learning curve for anybody, and I think he's in the midst of it. I think he's going to be a good one. Um, I just think not having you know Derek the last week and a half that that hurts a little bit. Um, you know, I think they've added some new pieces, and you look at you know adding Marshawn Lynch and trying to figure that whole thing out. And uh, you know, look, I think collectively, you know, if you're in that room as an offense, I think everyone has to look at themselves in the mirror, including the play caller, the quarterback, the offensive line, receivers, backs, everyone. There's no, there's no one that's not responsible for the poor start. And so uh, that's really how it's going to get turned around. It's not better play calling, better quarterback play, 
the better run. It's everybody doing their job better. I think, you know, this is a team that went 12 and four last year and, and they have to realize there's nothing guaranteed in this business. I mean, just because you went 12 and four doesn't entitle you to anything, not even a first down. You got to go out and earn it. And I think that's really where this offensive unit is. Uh, you, you've played on teams with high expectations entering the uh, season. And, you know, I, I think internal expectations are far more important than external, but um, can that have an impact on a team when, when, when things don't go right, especially uh, early in the season? Can that have kind of a psychological effect? It can. I mean, I, I think the expectations were so high. They got off to a good start and then they've kind of flatlined a little bit, but look, you know, the year we went to the Super Bowl back in 2002, we started 4 0. We were the hottest team in football. We lost four straight games, but we got it turned around. You know, we went and we went 7 1. So they, they've got to find a way to flick the switch. And, uh, you know, that's there's, there's no secret formula. You know what I mean? You have to just keep grinding it out. Was there something, uh, if, uh, since you brought up the, those early 2000s uh, Oakland teams, uh, was there something, or, what was special about that marriage, whether it was between you and Gruden or, or, or just like what was magic uh, about those teams uh, in that era? Well, I mean, I think we were on a journey. I mean, I think it was when we, we first came in, there was, there was a lot of dysfunction. There was, we didn't have a great roster and it took us a while to, to get the right players and people in the building. And so, you know, it was, it was part of a, you know, it was, it was part of a, uh, you know, a, a, a long process. And I think when we finally started seeing the results, it was fun, you know, but it took a while to get there. And so it was about establishing a culture an environment of discipline and structure, accountability, production. And that takes a while. I, I think the Raiders are certainly there. I don't think that's the issue right now. I think they've got a good squad. They're talented. They've got good leadership. It's a question of, Hey, looking, look, there's all good teams at some point are going to face some adversity during the course of the season. I don't care if you're the Patriots, Steelers, Packers, Raiders, it doesn't really matter. You're going to, you're going to feel it. You lose players to injury, whatever it is. And so, Hey, they've gone through a tough spell here. They lost the quarterback a week and a half ago. Um, they haven't played as well. And now, you know, look, they've got the chargers coming in and, 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 uh, they got to find a way to, 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 to get it turned around. What do you think about uh, Derek Carr's ability? I mean, I think we all can see that that he has the arm strength and like and and the accuracy. But but what when it comes to you know uh, breaking down protections at the uh, line of scrimmage? Can you talk about him as a um, intellectual quarterback? How do you think he is at all that pre snap stuff and getting his team ready and then uh, putting them in the right place to make a play? I think he's done a nice job. Look, there's been a lot of change around him. Whether you look at coordinators or systems and things like that through you know just through his first four seasons and I think he's really handled it well um I think he's a smart guy I think he he can handle it all you can give him as much put as much on his on, on his plate as, as you need to I think he's a guy that can get you in and out of plays and protections and it, sometimes it's not just what the quarterback can handle it's what the other 10 guys in the huddle can handle so I don't I don't think he's the issue um you know I think he's a smart guy you see him uh, you, you rarely see him get fooled by like an overload blitz or pressure he didn't see coming. He's pretty smart. So I don't think that's the issue right now. I just think it's getting him back in there getting him comfortable again and everyone playing better around him, and, uh, you know, to get this thing turned around. But that, that I don't think the issue lies with the quarterback right now. I think he's a talented, talented player. Do you see any uh, similarities between th this recent run of Raiders um, success 
um, with with anybody from that era that um, you were in? Are there any kind of similar traits that that link one to the other? Not really. I'm not really big into making comparisons, player to player, okay. team to team. I look, you know, I think each team creates its own identity, its own personality each season, and it starts with the leadership of the head coach in the locker room and going out there every day in practice uh, and earning it, you know, you, and that's, that's really, you know, at the end of the day, your record is what it is. And I think you, you earn that, whether it's a good record, a, a mediocre record or a poor record. And look, there's a lot of football left to play. I still feel it's a playoff caliber team, but you know, there's, there's a lot of hype early, you know, they went 12 and four last year. People are talking about them, you know, being an AFC you know, being a winning the division, being a playoff team and, you know, winning the, maybe the conference championship, going to the Super Bowl. I mean, that, that's a lot of talk. And until you, you know, until you go out there and earn it and, and start stacking up the wins, it, it's, that's all it is. So they, they've looked everything that they talked about accomplishing the preseason is still right there in front of them. All they got to do is just go out and do it. And uh, just one last thing, and thank you so much for taking the uh, time. The, the Los Angeles Chargers don't have a great record, but they have a lot of weapons. What should Raiders fans be worried about when it comes to the Bolts? Well, let me just give you a scouting report real quickly. Defensively, you better have a plan for Joey Bowles and Melvin Ingram, two of the better pass rushers in the game. They they they're they're difference makers. They uh, I think they're I think they're number three in the league in sacks right now. So you they're going to be a handful. They're going to be a challenge for the tackles. You have to do some different things in protection to take the edge off of them. Casey Hayward's their best cover, cover corner. I think you look at their linebackers, they're a little bit vulnerable, uh, not only against the run, but in, in coverage. I think they're a liability in coverage. So I think working in the middle of the field and tacking the middle of the field against those linebackers is, is a weak spot. On on the other side of the – and the problem that the Chargers have had, ironically enough, with their defense isn't their pass defense, it's their run defense. They, they struggle, struggle stopping the run. So maybe we'll see a little bit more of Marshawn Lynch this week. On the other side of it – you look at the offense, and they've got a little bit of a dilemma. They've got an aging quarterback that has turned the ball over too much in the last couple of seasons, and they've got a really young, talented running back in Melvin Gordon. Now, they got their first win last week, and they, it's ironic that it's also the first game that Melvin Gordon went over 100 yards. I think he's the key to it. They, they've got to be able to lean on the running game more. I don't know if they'll do that, but that's when they run the ball and have some balance, they're tough to beat. Uh, they've got some real playmakers. Keenan Allen's a terrific receiver. He's healthy once again. Uh, Antonio Gates, not the same player he once was. Hunter Henry's probably the better tight end right now. I think they'll struggle up front in protection. The left side of the offensive line is better than the right side. But if you pressure Phillip Rivers up the middle and get him moving, you've got a chance. And I think that uh, Irvin and, and Mack will be real difference makers in this game when you look at that matchup. Awesome. Rich, right, thank brother. you so much for the time. Once again, Sunday kickoff, Raiders Chargers 125 from Oakland Coliseum. Watch the game. Rich Gannon will be on the call on CBS. Sir, thank you very much for the time. Thanks, Scott. Insider Podcast.